0: Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hi everyone, and welcome to On The House, the Household Management Science Insights Podcast, produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with expert knowledge from professionals in the field. I'm your host, Gabriella Yastra, coming to you from NAM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be discovering the benefits and beauty of DIY cleaning products with Amy Kolb-Noise, who is a journalist and author of the book Non-Toxic House Cleaning. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Gabriella. Thank you for joining me. So before we get going and learning more about this topic, um, can we get to know you a little bit better, you know, who you are and uh, what's brought you here?
1: Sure, sure. Um... Well, I, uh, I live in Northern Vermont in the United States and um, it is uh, a little remote here. I live in a, in a um, farmhouse that we have been fixing up for mm, 22 years or so. It's a never ending project and um, I'm a journalist here in Vermont and I'm also a student and um, an author and an artist. Ah, amazing. So many different hats. <laughs> Lots of hats. <laughs> Great. I think
0: everyone should be a student their whole life, even if you're not actively um, enrolled in something. Um, I think learning is, um, and that's why we're here today, is to to learn. I agree, 100%. Great, thank you. Um, and um, so we're going to do a section called Have You Met Amy? That's where we get to know you through some of your favorite things. So the first uh, thing we'd like to know is, what is your
1: favorite book? Um, geez, so for a writer that's a little bit like asking, who's your favorite child? Um, well, I'll give you a few. My, um, I think the first book I fell in love with was Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Um, I'm also a big fan of Bridge to Terabithia by Katherine Patterson, and uh, Tuck Everlasting by Natalie Babbitt is another big one for me.
0: Okay, I've heard of the first two, but I haven't heard of the of the last one. Can you tell me a bit more about it?
1: Uh, it's yeah, sure. It's also like the first two. It's written um, not necessarily for adults. It it uh, I I I lean towards kids' books. <laughs> And uh, it's uh, it's about um, immortality. And it's about a family who drank from a, a spring and that caused them to live forever and all the repercussions that come with that. Interesting. That Yeah, I haven't heard of that one, but that sounds
0: very interesting. Um, and about children's books, I think as a kid, I read very few bad children's books. As an adult, I read very few good adults books.
1: I agree with you. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, maybe the quality of kids books is just higher. Um, I agreed. Yeah. Um, And what about a movie you've enjoyed recently?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm not a huge moviegoer, so I I can't really even think of a movie I've been to recently, but I can tell you one that I, I am planning to go see that I'm really looking forward to also based on a kid's book um it's it's judy bloom's book um are you there god it's me margaret which just came out here and i'm really looking forward to seeing it
0: okay um i actually haven't read that one or what i haven't seen it because i guess it hasn't come out um what what
1: is it about it's it was uh popular when i was growing up so it's been around quite a while and uh It's just a a coming-of-age story um, uh, about this girl named Margaret and um, all of the adventures and misadventures she has as she matures and and, uh, becomes a woman. Great.
0: I certainly loved those types of books when I was a kid, Um, and honestly still now. So probably go check that out as well. Um, And what about podcasts? Do you listen to any?
1: I do listen to podcasts, uh, one that I recently finished that I adore Well, I don't know if adored is the right word, but it was captivating. It was um, Anderson Cooper, uh, who is a reporter for CNN, had a podcast called All There Is with Anderson Cooper, and it's about uh, grief. He he did it after the loss of his mother, Gloria Vanderbilt, and um, it was just incredibly well done wow i think grief is something we
0: don't really think about very much so yeah interesting to listen to a podcast about it but maybe not for um you gotta pick your days to listen to that maybe
1: <laughs> yeah you have to be in the right frame of mind to listen to it for sure mm, yeah and do you have a role model yeah i have lots of role models um uh, when when it comes to to this subject, my uh, non-hectic house cleaning, my biggest role model is my grandmother. Um, she grew up during the depression. And so she is just a master at um, doing more with less and, and reusing and zero waste and all those things that are buzzwords now were just you know her reality um, growing up. And, and that was really inspiring for me. I think it's so interesting that we are sort of
0: harking back to that sort of era where we really did have to, I think it was make, do and mend and use whatever we had at home. Um, And I think it's so great that we can go back to that time instead of having to reinvent the wheel, I guess, um, and learn from what everyone else did
1: yeah, I think that's that's a really insightful comment, but yeah, it's sort of a pendulum, you know we we got to the point where everything was so excessive, and now we're centering back towards you know reasonable living, I believe mm, hopefully, hopefully hopefully, hopefully. <laughs>
0: um have you um is there a
1: course that you've done that has inspired you? Oh yes. So um, as I said, I'm a student. I I am. I went back to college. I'm getting um, my master's of fine arts, and so I am literally inspired every day by that, by the um, what I'm learning and and the people around me. It's incredible to be in the studio with very creative young people. Um, so absolutely every day I'm I'm learning and enjoying every minute of it. That's
0: amazing. I'd love to be inspired every day. Do you mind <laughs> me asking uh, what, what are you specializing in? Is there something you're specializing in?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, the, the degree that I'm going for is a, is a degree in studio arts, but I am concentrating on illustration. I've written a number of manuscripts for children's books over the years, and now I'm, I'm working on illustrating them. Ah,
0: amazing. That's going to be great. Um, and to hold a book that you've written and illustrated. Ah, oh, the achievement, the accomplishment.
1: <laughs> it, is, it is a whole new world. It's, it's a great feeling. I'm looking forward to reading them one day. Um, Thank
0: you. Perfect. Um, but we will hearken back to the previous book you've written. Um, but yes. But before we do, um, how do you define household management?
1: Uh, well household management uh it it's complex right so uh i think of economics um economics actually the word economics means household management the original roots of the word oh really um, yeah but but it's more than economics right it's 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 organization and it's um Creating a home, a place where people are comfortable, where they feel loved, where they are feel safe. Um, so for me, household management is a lot more than the business of it. It's it's the the creation of home as well. Uh,
0: and I guess cleaning would sort of you know create a safe environment and create a a comforting environment. If you're surrounded by mess all the time. Um, then it's not going to be very comfortable. Um, no. But are there are there any misconceptions about household management?
1: Oh, I think so. I think that um, I think that people hear that term and feel a little overwhelmed. And I don't I don't think household management has to be all encompassing, a full time job. Um, I think that organization is key to to making household management um, just part of your life instead of your entire life. Yes. Um, the house is where we live, but it's not everything that we
0: do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you mentioned before, you know, sort of creating our own household cleaners. Um, but I guess what is the difference between something that we've made and something we have bought in the this, in this shop? What is a what is a homemade cleaner?
1: Well, uh, a homemade cleaner in general is... Um, well, it's a cleaner that you made clearly but often uh, what people um, don't know is that it's made from things you probably already have in your house most of most of the cleaners that I've researched and written about are things that I can open up my cabinets and and find and and not have to make a special trip to the store to buy you know one very expensive odd ingredient um, in in a and if you don't have the items in your home, you can usually find them in the supermarket, but not always in the cleaning aisle. Ah, interesting. So I guess what are they made of? So um, the a, a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly a whole book's worth of things. But I'll, I'll tell you, there are three big ingredients that go a, a long way on their own. I call them the big three. And they're um, soap. And uh, baking soda and vinegar and and when I say vinegar, I'm referring um, to just plain white five percent distilled vinegar, you know, nothing fancy, the kind you can buy in a big jug for almost nothing. Okay, um, so not balsamic vinegar. Not balsamic vinegar. That would probably stain better than clean. <laughs> yeah, be a bit sticky
0: as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, okay. And I don't know i I've with soap, so soap is something that we have to make out of a bunch of different ingredients, right? But can you just buy plain soap in the supermarket, or is it something that we have to make ourselves? No,
1: you can definitely buy plain soap in the supermarket. So there uh, I'll give you the whole my whole rundown on soap. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, do you know the difference between a soap and a detergent? No, I don't. Yeah, most people don't. I, and I didn't before I researched it either. So uh, a soap is um, made with a fat and, and it's an, a natural product. Um, it's usually made with some, an animal product like beef tallow or goat's milk. Um, and then there's a whole nother category of soaps called Castile soaps, which are made with plant based fats, so nut oils or um, vegetable oils. So those are are two different kinds of soaps. When I'm making cleaners, I gravitate towards liquid Castile soaps. Um, That's not necessary, that's a personal preference. Um, Detergents, on the other hand, are made with synthetic materials. They are um, usually petroleum based. Now there are new, New detergents that have come on the market since since I wrote this book fourteen years ago that that are made with plant-based they're plant-based detergents, but traditional detergents are made with petroleum products and really they, I didn't know that, yeah, yeah. and they were they were developed um because of a shortage of soap making supplies during during wartime um way back when, but uh, it, they, they took off and, and really thrived because there are some things that a detergent does better than a soap. And um, well, if you have hard water, there are things detergent does better than soap. Deter- soap um, has a chemical reaction with hard water that leaves behind soap scum. And, but if you have soft water, you don't have that problem. So um, a lot of people like here in Vermont, we have very hard water. So there are benefits to going with a detergent instead of a soap. If you tried laundry soap, like um, make your own laundry soap with, say, a bar of soap. I can go into a whole recipe, but um, it will have a reaction with your laundry and it will make sort of your white laundry look a little bit gray after a while, whereas a detergent will not do that. And that's just the reaction between the soap and the hard water. So interesting. Um, yeah, and there's a whole just lot ex- to know about soap.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we could just do a whole episode just about soap. Um, but maybe I'll keep asking you some questions. But first, what is the difference between hard water and soft water?
1: So hard water has um, minerals in it and and um, metals like iron and copper. Uh, and And soft water just doesn't have that same level of minerals in it.
0: Okay, and so it's the minerals in the hard water that are reacting to the soaps. Exactly. Ah, okay. And so a detergent I'm guessing is something like a dishwashing detergent whereas soap is like the bars of soap that we could buy in the supermarket. Is that sort of what we're talking about?
1: Yes, yeah, so you can buy um solid bars of soap or you can buy liquid soap um I am a proponent of bars of soap, anything that you don't have to um, buy in a plastic bottle. I like better, personally. Um, However, there are um, Castile soaps that are liquid soaps that uh, in places around here, and I'm sure many other places, that you can bring your own bottle to the store and fill them there.
0: Okay, interesting. I think I have seen them, but I wasn't really sure what they were. So I'll have to, um, yeah, do a little bit more of a look through the supermarket and see what they've got. Um, So the sort of three main ingredients that we've talked about are soap, their vinegar, and their baking soda. And so soap we can just find in the cleaning aisle and then vinegar and baking soda we can find in the cooking aisles.
1: That's right. That's right. And um, vinegar is uh, acidic and baking soda is basic. And so... um, Vinegar, you need a, uh, here's a little chemistry. So I apologize. (laughs) I apologize in advance for the chemistry. But um, uh, if you have um, uh, an odor um, or a a stain or something um, that you're trying to clean up that is caused by an acid, then you want to clean it with a base and vice versa. So that's some um cleaning uh, homemade cleaners require an acidic mis- mixture and some require a basic mixture. And it just depends on the nature of the stain or what, whatever it is that you're cleaning up. So that's um those two things sometimes they're used in combination the vinegar and the baking soda, but often there you it's one or the other. If that makes I've sense. I've most commonly seen them used together.
0: Um I think just cuz people like the the fizzing reaction. Yes. Does that do anything?
1: That fizzing it reaction. Does. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So um that is uh, one of one of my favorite things to do if you have kids who you're trying to get into cleaning um is to let them clean the toilet by putting in vinegar and baking soda straight into the toilet water and watching that bubbly reaction come up. And uh, and you know you hear you hear commercials for commercial cleaners talking about scrubbing bubbles. Well, that's the same thing that that's going to do right there. And then if you take a toilet brush and switch it around, it, the bubbles will come back again. And um, yeah, and it's kind of fun. Cleaning can be yeah. fun.
0: Okay, so yeah, not only easy and homemade, but also fun. Perfect. Right. So. We haven't sort of d- dived into this yet, but why should we use homemade cleaners rather than store board? You've mentioned a little bit about plastic, but what other reasons?
1: Uh, there's a lot of good reasons. Um, health is one of them. Uh, the reason that I started researching homemade cleaners is because my mother had health issues and um, she had reactions to things like ammonia, She'd have a really bad reaction. She couldn't go in a store where they'd recently mopped the floor with ammonia or it it just she'd pass out. Uh, wow. So Yeah, really, really strong reactions. And my daughter ha- uh, as a child had asthma. And so a lot of um, caustic fumes from commercial cleaners would... Uh, I was concerned that they might trigger her asthma. So I tried to limit the use of those in my home. And um, and I have pets, and you know, if you clean your floor with a, a toxic thing, and then your your dog comes and and licks the floor, which dogs sometimes do, um, I just worry about what he's licking up. So uh, I I know if I've made my own floor polish that uh, it's not going to kill my dog or or affect him adversely in any way
0: that that totally makes sense. I mean, as a kid, I have definitely liked things I should not have. <laughs> we all go through that, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So So, but are there any reasons why we should use store-bought cleaners over household
1: cleaners, like homemade cleaners? Um, there are a couple areas that I would recommend a store-bought cleaner. One we already talked about and that is laundry detergent if you have hard water. Um, or if you're going to make your own detergent, make it with detergent instead of soap, which seems a little ridiculous to make your own detergent out of detergent, now that I say it out loud. So, anyway, um, that is one area. And the other one is uh, dishwashing uh, detergent for mach- dishwashing machines. Um, I just have not found a formula that works well and cleans dishes well in in dishwashing machines. I have um, come up with a formula that you could use in a pinch, but really people don't have dishwashing detergent emergencies usually. (laughs) So um, I would recommend going to the store and buying dishwashing detergent if you use a a machine for dishwashing.
0: I think the thing is, if you have a dishwashing machine uh, emergency, the second option is just to use the sink.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> we already have it built in. That that's a perfect perfect answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Okay. So, so there are some really great reasons why we should use some homemade cleaners. Um. But how how do we get started with using them and creating them?
1: well um curiosity is how i got started and i think that's a that's a great way to get started um there are a lot more resources now than when i first started looking into this you can find things online which um wasn't so much of a thing back then but uh uh, i recommend um Obviously, I recommend buying a guide like the one that I wrote because everything is there in one place. However, if you're more adventurous, you can find um, different formulas online and then you can tweak them for your for your own benefit. Um, one of the greatest things about making your own cleaners is you can make it exactly the way you like it. If you like your kitchen to smell like pine needles but you like your bathroom to smell like lavender then you can use those essential oils to to scent your cleaners um so they're very customizable um and that is uh it's sort of uh the gateway into all sorts of experimentation
0: but i guess there must be some some things that you need in specific areas that you don't need in other areas um you know what are what do you need in different areas? Do you mind explaining maybe sharing some recipes as
1: well? Sure. Um, so you need um if you're in the kitchen, you wanna you wanna disinfect, right? You need antiseptic. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Um uh, I mentioned vinegar as as an uh as one um one of our main ingredients in in a lot of the cleaning solutions. Vinegar, um is not a disinfectant by the the federal, at least in the United States, by the federal standard, um, because it has to it has to hit a certain. Um, I think it's like ninety nine percent it kills germs and and it falls just under that. So it's pretty strong, it's pretty good, um, but it doesn't meet that that very technical term of disinfectant. Um, how. So that said, I still use vinegar in the kitchen to clean cutting boards, to clean surfaces, um, and it's it's worked well for me all these years. So um, uh, other places that you want to use something maybe different, the bathroom, maybe you have more of a concern about mold or mildew. And in a place like that, you want something um, where you're going to be able to scrub hard hard water stains. So you need something with a little grit to it. Um, so um, there are a, a few different things. Baking soda, as I mentioned before, is one thing that is really good at scrubbing because it has a little bit of grit to it. Um, but in the bathroom, say you have a glass shower wall and you want to clean that, um, but you don't want to scratch it. Um, I would recommend borax, which is similar. Uh, it's to baking soda. It's mineral based, and but it won't it won't scratch your glass surfaces. It also has the benefit of killing mildew, um, if you use it correctly. It comes in a box in the laundry detergent aisle, and um, it's a powder. And if you moisten it, then it will kill mildew. If you just put it on dry, it won't. Luckily, places that grow mildew tend to be damp. So you don't have to worry about, you can just sprinkle it on if it's already wet, then you're fine. The biggest difference between that and using a, a bleach or something um, more harsh, more toxic, is that it's going to take a little more time to work. So maybe you sprinkle that borax on at night and then you go the next morning and you wipe it away and rinse it away rather than just having it instantly clean. Um, so there there are some trade-offs like that, but uh, I don't think that you can say homemade cleaners don't work as well. They just work differently. You have to work a little differently with them sometimes for the very toughest jobs.
0: Okay. Something that I think could be difficult is And I have tried to use baking powder in my bathroom before. How do you get powders onto a vertical surface?
1: (laughs) So here is what I'll give you a recipe that's one of my favorite ones and and you can use this on a vertical surface. Uh, If you take the amount and some let me just say some of the cleaners that um, I make I make a spray bottle full and they last for a good long time um, this one is not like that. You only want to make as much as you're going to use at, at one time because it just doesn't store very well. Um, it does, but not. it tends to dry up after time. Anyway, if you take a small amount of uh, baking soda, say uh, an eighth of a cup of baking soda, and then you take a liquid soap and you just put a few drops of it in and stir it around until you get the consistency of like, cake frosting then you can put that on your vertical surface and that has the the grit uh, that will will clean and it has the soap that will disinfect uh, and then you just want to make sure you rinse it really well when you're done ah okay because I was very confused when
0: I was like in my bathroom with my baking soda and like had a spoon and I'm like how do I like do I just throw it (laughs) At the wall? I don't know. And I kind of gave up and I started using the stuff from the supermarket.
1: The other thing you can do, uh, and this is a little less complicated, is you can just take a damp sponge and and sprinkle Mm -hmm. the baking soda on your sponge and then like with that.
0: That's also very smart. I obviously wasn't thinking very clearly that day. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) Yep. So you also mentioned that some things that you make have different expiry dates. Why is that?
1: So, um, some, uh, it depends on the ingredients that you're using. So if you're using natural ingredients, um, like lemon juice, lemon juice is another acid that you could say you hate the smell of vinegar. And, and I will, I will say vinegar has a very strong smell, but it dissipates, um, pretty quickly. So when you're cleaning, you're like, oh, it really smells like vinegar, but a half an hour later, it doesn't at all. Um, But say you hate the smell of vinegar, you don't wanna use it, you like the smell of lemons, you wanna use lemon juice, that's great. You can substitute lemon juice for vinegar in pretty much any recipe. However, um, lemons go bad, (laughs) and so lemon juice goes bad. So if you make a spray bottle full of that, um, first off, I would stick it in I would make a small spray bottle and then I would stick it in the fridge and keep it in there and that will extend the shelf life a little bit. Um, uh, another thing that tends to go uh, off I guess is anything with an, an oil in it like an olive oil polish or an uh, almond oil. Those will eventually curdle um, but I have, I haven't actually had a problem with that but you know theoretically it could happen for sure
0: okay interesting i did have a olive oil that went off when i was cooking with it sometime oh. you know over the period and it was really not very good it i don't know i was like why am i coughing every time i use this olive oil uh, so Ooh, that's i can bad see, yeah <laughs> Yeah, so um i threw that out and i can see yeah olive oil does go eventually go bad mm-hmm. are there yeah. are there any I guess are there any dangerous combinations of things that we shouldn't put together or um things that we should look out for?
1: Yeah, so um as I said before, this is chemistry, so even though you're using, you know, non-toxic materials, if you if you mix things together, you can create a whole new substance and and that that could have its consequences. So I would just encourage people to Really um, know their ingredients before they start experimenting. Um, I think the most sort of caustic things that I use in a cleaner tend to be the essential oils, and um, so it's not that they are they're going to create a a toxic fume, but they could be rough on your skin. So you, there are some oils like clove oil is is a great disinfectant it's good at killing mold and mildew but you you don't want to use that with bare hands you want to dilute it and you want to wear gloves if you're using that because it can be harsh on your skin um yeah if you talk about
0: diluting now i imagine diluting is with water but oil and water don't mix do you just shake it and then use it or are you diluting it with something else
1: Yeah, no, I do dilute it with water. And that is something that that's a great point. If you're making a full bottle full of something, every time you use it, you should shake it up because commercial cleaners, they have chemicals in them that that suspends everything equally. And um, and so you can just pick up a spray bottle and spray it. But that if you're making your own, you obviously don't have that going on. So you want to make sure you give the bottle a little shake before you use it every time. Otherwise
0: it's just water. Otherwise it's just water. That's right. Or just oil, which is not green. Or just oil. (laughs) No. Yeah. Um, And what about um, surfaces and things? Is there anything that shouldn't mix? Um, Can I put vinegar on wood? Is there something I shouldn't put on wood or other, you know, surfaces?
1: Yeah, so um, wood need wood and leather need nourishment. So those um, you you can clean uh, wood with vinegar, but it it's gonna dry it out if you don't have an oil in there to re- to replenish the wood. Um, let me see if I can call you up a a good wood. It's sort recipe. of like skin.
0: If you put something drying on it, you need to put a moisturizer on it afterwards.
1: Exactly, that's right. I guess that's what leather is. Yeah, animal skin. Yep. Um, so, uh, so here, for example, is uh, a a furniture polish. Um, it's not exactly; it's more of a technique than than a recipe, but. Um, pure almond oil or uh, walnut oil. And if you wipe that on a clean cotton rag and then follow it by buffing it out with sort of a dry cloth, cotton cloth, um, that's a great way to to nourish your wood um, after you clean it. And then um, you can also put in maybe a few drops of vanilla extract that just makes it smell really nice afterwards. Um, and and the the polishing it with the dry cloth helps um, helps the wood uh, absorb without having the oil sort of just sit on top the whole time. Um, if you're doing that on um, on a floor surface, so you could use it on a floor a wood floor as well, but it's going to be really slippery for a little while until it dries. So that's just caution there. <laughs>
0: Yes, um maybe uh, put um put uh, warning signs everywhere before you um do that one. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um what about if you're allergic to nut oils?
1: Yeah, what could um, you use, you can in that use case? olive oil instead. I I use olive oil um as a substitute for nut oils a lot. I personally am really fond of sweet almond oil. Um, So that's kind of my go-to. But if if you're allergic to tree nuts, then olive oil is a good substitute. Okay, great.
0: Um, Because I do know a few people who wouldn't be very happy if um, they came into my house and had an allergic reaction as soon as they came in.
1: Yeah, no, that would be bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, do you have any other sort of recipes or suggestions for people?
1: Maybe your favorite one that you use all the time. I do. Let me let me give you a couple. Um, Perfect. I have a bathroom spray that I call the Minty Clean Spray, and um, this recipe is for a large spray bottle, like 16 ounces or or larger. Um, you can always cut it in half. Like anything, these are all customizable. Um, but for a 16 ounce spray bottle, you'd want to use, I have a tablespoon of peppermint Castile soap. You could use any any peppermint soap, but um, it really gives it a nice uh, eye-opening scent. Um, you wanna mix in, put the soap directly in the spray bottle, then put in a cup of warm water. So that's gonna dilute the soap. Um, And then you wanna put in a quarter teaspoon of tea tree oil that's got antiviral properties. Uh, It also kills mildew. Um, 12 drops, you can do more or less. I like 12 drops of spearmint oil. That's antibacterial as well as smelling really nice. And then you put in a half a cup of vinegar and shake the whole thing up. It's important to put the water in and dilute the soap before the vinegar because if you just put in the soap, then put in the vinegar, the soap will start to curdle, uh, and and it just won't be as effective. So water um, water down the soap before you add the vinegar for sure, and then just shake that shake that bottle up before you use it every time too. Great, that sounds yeah. pretty easy. I think I have. Few of those items,
0: I might have to go shopping, but then I'll have peppermint oil at home, spearmint oil at home,
1: right? And and it will the you know little tiny bottle that you you buy those essential oils in will last years and years. And they're the mo- probably the most expensive part of the recipes that I have in this book. And pretty much every recipe you can omit those; they just mostly make it smell good. Um, there, as I said, there are some. Some um, mold killing, uh, antiviral, antibacterial properties, but um, but mostly it's for the smell. Mm. And so we've
0: talked a lot about sort of the dangers and everything. So is it it's very important to do the research beforehand, not just sort of dive right in and make things up
1: as you go along. <laughs> Right. Or, you know, or go to a trusted source like a, a recipe book or, you know, a, a a source that, you know, don't just Google something and then try. <laughs> make sure make sure that uh, it, it's got some reviews behind it, at least. I have seen a few videos
0: online people doing very dangerous things. I think mixing vinegar and bleach and, um, not really doing the research beforehand and creating, um, gases that can really harm them. Um, yeah. Um, so you also mentioned that you have to make them. Is it very time consuming to make all of these products?
1: Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's time consuming at all. Um really a, a lot of these things um like that that baking soda and soap scrub I talked about it's it's really quick. Um you know, it it takes 2 minutes to make it. Um if you're making something like that that spray bottle um full, full of ingredients, uh, that again, it's going to take you less than 5 minutes to make it and then you have a whole bottle full, right? So It's definitely, if you're looking at running downtown to the store to buy a bottle, that's going to take more time than actually making one in those cases. Um, So no, it takes time um, in that sometimes you have to let something sit. So if you have, say, hard water and you have a, a hard water stain around your Drain in your bathroom sink. Um, my recommendation would be to close the drain in the sink and um, put a little bit of uh, vinegar on a washcloth and and just sit it on top of that um, that mark there. And it's not going to go away instantly. You might have to go read a book or you know take a walk or do or do whatever else you need to do that day, and then come back later and and wipe it down. Um, so. Uh, I think household cleaners that you make need a little more investment in either time or heat or energy. so a little a little extra scrubbing power maybe. Um, to me, that's a fair trade off for not breathing toxic fumes. and um and when I say heat, uh, sometimes it's using a, a warm water when you're when you're making that scrub or, um, actually, when you're cleaning your oven, turning the oven on to a low temperature. Um, here's here's a tip for you. If you are cleaning an oven, I don't know if you've ever tried uh, commercial oven cleaners, but they're really stinky, like the whole house smells yeah. <laughs> um, But uh, if you put a little if you have like stains on the bottom of your oven, put a little coarse salt on them, like kosher salt. Uh, turn your oven up to like 200 degrees some low setting and then just scrub that that coarse salt into the stain it will the heat will help it lift right up um, and you can do the same thing on the sides of your oven on the on the top of your oven just put a mirror down at the bottom so you can see what you're doing and then work the top
0: so smart. I tried cleaning my oven once and it was so hard trying to like look up and scrub at the same time. Uh, it is. Um, I don't think I've cleaned it since then. I probably should bring your mirror. <laughs> yes. I'll bring the mirror and I will bring my salt. I've got, I've got yeah. salt at home. I can yeah. do that.
1: You could do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, was there anything that, um, you wanted to share that we didn't get a chance to touch on?
1: Um, let me think. Um, I think we've covered a lot of, a lot of the basics. Um, I, I guess I just want to encourage everyone to give it a try because there are so many benefits. Um, it's, it's, uh, far and away less expensive to make your own cleaners than to buy commercial cleaners. It's far and away better for, um, your home environment, as we talked about the health, but also the the wider environment. I mean, when you're washing toxic cleaners down the drain, that's going into the water table. You know, it it goes into the whole water cycle and can cause um, fish kills and and all sorts of damage. Um, so there are reasons, good reasons, to try this uh, for you, for your family, um, for the environment. Um, less uh, if you're not buying you know plastic bottles full of cleaner every time but reusing the same bottle or or using a glass bottle instead that's better for the environment as well so um, there's not just one good reason why you should try this there's a lot of them mm, yeah definitely um, yeah I think
0: about um, if I can put vinegar in my body then I can probably put it down
1: the drain that's fine right 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 it's 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 a good it's a good rule of thumb Mm
0: -hmm.
1: perfect um
0: and what about what's a practice that you do in your own home to manage your cleaning
1: and to keep your home keep your home clean um one rule of thumb I have is to break down the house and do one room a day um so I'm never spending a whole day cleaning my house if I if I Clean the bedroom on a Monday and the bathroom on a Tuesday, and you know I'm picking up as I go. Um, I, I there's a difference between cleaning and being neat, right? So if you're if you're just keeping your environment neat, but you really want to go in and, and deep clean one one room a day, that just makes it so much more pal- palatable for me personally than thinking, oh my gosh, I have to clean the house today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah I'm always like oh I have to clean this room in this room oh I don't have time for that today I just won't do it and then it doesn't get done um but yeah breaking it down room by room um and then you can move all of the stuff from one room to another room which is also what I do <laughs> um and um are there any challenges to this practice do you think
1: yeah sure. um, that procrastination is a big challenge to, to that practice, <laughs> but um it, I think like anything if you if you set it as a habit, it becomes easier and uh and it becomes second nature. Mm. do
0: you have any recommendations on how to sort of turn it into a habit?
1: um yeah, just uh maybe maybe start with um Maybe start with the room that you don't mind cleaning first, early in the week, right? So if if um, cleaning the kitchen is, I really like to have a clean kitchen. If that's what's going to make me happiest, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do a deep clean on the kitchen on Monday, and uh, and then I've already got one one room down first day of the week. Um, maybe that makes it a little easier to do the next and the next and the next and. And I have another tip for you too. Um, When you're cleaning, um, if you start up top at the highest surfaces and work your way down, you're not going to be fighting say dust coming from the top shelf after you've already vacuumed the floor or whatever. So I always work from top down when I'm cleaning.
0: I certainly learned that lesson working in a shop, cleaning the shelves (laughs) and realizing I had to do all the bottom ones again. After I clean the top shelves. Yeah, that's not (laughs) fun. Um, But yeah, definitely a very important tip. Um, Saves a lot of, a lot of time and effort having to clean twice. Um, So uh, we'll move on to our open mic section. So that's where you get a chance to talk about something that you're passionate about. And it doesn't necessarily have to be related to the topic today. Um, Did you have an idea of what you wanted to talk about?
1: Yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier. I I think I'd like to talk about the use of uh, single-use plastics uh, in society mm. today. I think that it's really a big problem and um and and we're getting better at recognizing that problem, um but there's still a, a long way to go. Um people are 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 looking at, you know, reusable straws and reusable shopping bags and um, travel reusable um, mugs instead of getting a to-go coffee every time. And that's all great. And that all adds up a lot. But there are a lot of other places um, I think that people um, could be doing better at using less plastic. Um, I went to the supermarket yesterday and I wanted to buy a a pre-made salad. And there was um <laughs> the salad, which came in a plastic container and then it had a plastic divider and then it had separate plastic containers for the croutons and and the dressing and the other things to be mixed in and that's uh, it's just over the top um some of the packaging that we see in in our daily lives and and if people can just um. Remember that that doesn't go away, and and we've learned fairly recently that it rarely gets recycled well. Um, it, you know, there's there's a lot of good reasons to use plastic, but there's also a lot of good reasons to av- avoid single-use plastics, if you can, and um, and if you are buying plastic containers. Use them to put your homemade cleaning products in because you don't need to buy a special spray bottle. Um, you can get one out of your recycle bin. Um, and all sorts of plastic, you know, yogurt containers are great ways to mix up some of those um, cleaners that are single use and um, you can use them over and over again. So, yeah, that's my soapbox. Thank you. Soapbox, very
0: appropriate. Um, Thank you. I've I've definitely found that I try and buy the environmentally friendly cleaners, and then after I've used them all, um, I've gotten every last drop out. Then I'm like, I've got this plastic that I need to recycle, and yeah. I, I just you know it just sort of piles up, and um, I feel bad because I don't want to just throw it out. Um, so I love the idea of yeah ki- keeping those. Um, And reusing them and um you know making them not just single use
1: yeah i think that's really important i think it's it's um going to be even more important in the future so getting in that habit now is a great thing to do
0: great thank you um yeah so if our um, listeners want to find out more about you um where should they find you
1: Uh, I'm on social media I'm on Instagram and Twitter not a lot but uh, but I do have a presence there at Amy Kolb noise that's a-m-y-k-o-l-b-n-o-y-e-s and that's also my website amykolbnoise.com
0: great thank you and thank you for joining me today Amy Um, oh we will make sure that those links are in the show notes so people can find them and uh, what was the name of your book again
1: if people want to find it it's called Non-Toxic House Cleaning. It's a very sexy name, right? <laughs> it's part of a, a series called the Chelsea Green Guide series. So it's technically the the green guide to non-toxic house cleaning. But That's that's okay. what it looks
0: like. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I think it's very easy to find. You know, if people want to know about non-toxic house cleaners, they know exactly where to look. So thank you for joining me today. Um, It was really great to learn. I'm going to be taking some of your tips back home. Uh, Baking soda and a sponge, I'm coming for you.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Gabriella. It was really fun.
0: You've been listening to On the House, produced by the Household Management Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes like this from across 10 life management perspectives can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube and any other podcasting apps available on your smart devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating, sharing and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people to find it so we can grow and continue to bring you quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website, hm.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Gabriella Yastra, thanks for tuning in.